What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 81 of the Sports Show with Dylan Waxman. Now, today, as you may have already noticed in the first 10 seconds, the audio will not be as good because my microphone was not cooperating, and every time I hit record, it, it basically it just stopped working. But today, we are here, and we still have a great episode despite the technical difficulties. Now, I have an NCAA NFL blockbuster, basically. Uh, for college football, we have the 10 conference championship games. I'll be ranking those games based on watchability, and then also be picking the winners of those games. And then I have, given those conference championship games, how that affects the New Year's Six Bowl games. So I have that. And then I will just be picking all of the NFL games and ranking them on like a weighted confidence scale, basically. And then finally, I'll just go over some, or my NFL award picks through what is now... 12 weeks of the season. Yeah, this is week 13 starting tonight, but we will get to the NFL later. And now we can start with college football, but not without a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is brought to you by Folgers. Folgers, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Now we can get going with the NCAA games. Uh, So like I said, there's 10 games from the 10 uh, FBS uh, which is like Division One conference uh, from the ten yeah Division One conferences. So I will be ranking all those ten games. Uh, but yeah, I can start with number ten, which is a battle between the two MAC representatives in this conference championship game: Kent State and uh, Northern Illinois. Now. Kent State and Northern Illinois are two teams, I'm going to be honest, I don't know too much about. But, uh, and, and that paired with the fact that they aren't, they're 8 and 4 and 7 and 5, led to this being number 10 on the list. So, all things considered, this is probably the 10th best game. No rank, this is the only game, or no, there's two games. Uh, one of those two games had a team that was ranked last week. But anyway, there's two games. Or no, this is the only game without any ranked teams. This is also, I'm pretty sure, the only game without any 10-win teams. But anyway, Kent State has had a pretty average season, uh, but they have been solid as of lately as they did go 6-2 and two in conference play. They do have, I mean, like their losses, three of them are to Power 5 teams, Maryland, Iowa, and Texas A&M. Uh, all on the road, and, well, they, they got crushed, but those are understand understandable. Uh, as for Northern Illinois, they've probably been a little bit better this season. Uh, yes, they lost 63-10 to 10 to Michigan, which is unimpressive, but uh, they do have a nice road win against Georgia Tech from earlier in the season. Not that Georgia Tech is impressive, but it was on the road. It's a tough game, uh, especially in Week 1. Uh, but as for my pick for this game, Kent State beat Northern Illinois 52-47 to the first time these two teams squared off. And I do not expect as high scoring of a game, but I do expect Kent State to uh, win again and win the MAC championship. So, yeah, Kent State starts us off as the first conference champion.
for whatever that's worth. This game has no real implications, in my opinion. But uh, now we can move on to number nine. And in terms of playoff implications, this is uh, pretty high. I mean, in the top four. Uh, but I think this game will not be too competitive. And that is none other than the American Conference Championship between Cincinnati and Houston. Now, granted, these are two ranked teams, and I have one, two, three games above it uh, with uh, only one or no ranked teams. But I I just don't see this game being too close. I mean, Cincinnati is 10.5-point favorites. I honestly think they should be bigger favorites. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Kent State is three-point favorites despite the fact that they have a worse record. But anyway, Cincinnati is ten-and-a-half-point favorites. But they are significantly better than that. And I feel like maybe the only reason they are only favored by this low amount is because... And I could honestly see this, but I'm not going to go with it. I think either Cincinnati just disappoints or they dominate. I don't really see a close Cincinnati win happening. Maybe they think, oh, well, Cincinnati, this is the biggest game. I'm not really sure if they've had any, like, national championship runs. But this is by far their biggest game of the 21st century. So, I mean, this is obviously a must-win if they want to get into the college football playoff and be the first group of five team to ever make the college football playoff. I would say... I don't know. I guess I could see how they could slip up. But I think at the end of the day, Cincinnati is a little bit too good for Houston. A Houston team that has been solid uh, because these two teams did not face off in conference play. uh, They were both undefeated in conference play. Houston's only loss was in week one to Texas Tech, a team that was not good but competed with uh, teams such as Baylor last week, they only lost by three. Baylor is uh, in the Big 12 championship, as we'll get to later. But, yeah, I would say overall Houston is a good team, but I I just don't really see them competing. I am going to go with Cincinnati to win this one by a lot, and that's sort of why, because I'm sort of predicting, and then, like, like if I was just ranking them off of the two teams and how good they are and that resulting to watchability – then this game would be higher, but given the fact that I don't think it'll be too competitive, I will rank it at 9. So, yeah, Cincinnati is able to beat Houston, and chances are the the selection committee would put them as the first ever group of five team to make the college football playoffs come Sunday. Now, at number 8, we have a game maybe... uh, Maybe you'd expect it to be higher because these are two pretty solid teams, but uh, this is where I am going to put it. This is the Mountain West Championship game between San Diego State and Utah State. Now, San Diego State has been a uh, perennial ranked team basically all season. I'm not 100% sure when they entered the polls, but after a a 7-0 start to the season, which included a... uh, a home win against Utah, who is now in the Pac-12 championship, which we'll also get to later. Uh, and then one loss to Fresno State, who was not a bad team. I think they went 10-2. and two. Uh, No, they went 9-3. and three, My bad. But uh, that is a good Fresno State team. But they've won the rest of their games. And with a win against Boise State at home uh, last Friday, they were able to clinch a spot in the Mountain West championship. 
Now, a team you've probably heard less about this season is Utah State. And I would say Utah State is not necessarily on the level, at least have not been on the level of San Diego State this season. But they surely haven't been bad. Their three losses are to a 7-5 and five, but tough Boise State team, to BYU, who is ranked, I'm pretty sure, in the, yeah, I think they're ranked in the top 15. Uh, and then Wyoming, which is a bowl team, but not much further than that. But yeah, I would say this Utah State team definitely has a chance to compete. Uh, I mean, they definitely have a chance, but, and I guess given that they're only six-point underdogs, certifies that. But I think I have to go with San Diego State to win this one. I think this game will be competitive. I think there's a possibility Utah State covers that spread. But uh, I do think San Diego State is able to get the Mountain West Championship and finish off a 12-1 season. I mean, there's the bowl game, but they'll probably not be in a crazy bowl game. My guess would be there, if they win, they play in like, I'm not 100, maybe like the Holiday Bowl. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but they play against a lower tier Power 5 team. Probably that'd be my guess. But, uh, yeah, now we can move on to the number seven game between Western Kentucky and the University of Texas Southern, or, sorry, Texas San Antonio. Uh, UTSA did have a very impressive season. They started 11-0, uh, pulled off some miracles, and then uh, on the doorstep of completing a 12-0 season, they got absolutely destroyed by 6-6. Six six. So it wasn't even a good team. 6-6 six six North Texas last Saturday, um, and, and yeah, they really got crushed. They lost like 45-20, 45-20 or something. Uh, I think that's what it was. As for Western Kentucky, uh, they did not exactly have a stellar start to the season, starting 1-4, and four, but if you really look at that, that is 1-4 and four with a loss to a bowl army team, a terrible but Power five, so somewhat talented. Granted, they went two and ten. Indiana team. Then they lost on the road to Michigan State, and then they lost to this UTSA team, fifty-two to forty-six. Since then, they have won seven straight, and they are headlined by. I'm gonna be honest. I've never really talked about him because he he plays for Western Kentucky, but the nation's leader in passing, uh, senior Bailey. Zach, we're gonna go with it. It might Zapay. Um, yeah, no, we're we're gonna go with Bailey, um, Bailey Zach for this one. But anyway, they are uh, led by him, and given that he's probably uh, him or maybe sincere McCormack, uh, UTSA is running back, the best player on the field. Uh, I do give Western Kentucky a chance in this game, and just to add on to that, I'm guessing because of UTSA's un impressive performance last week and the fact that it took a with like three seconds left a touchdown off of a tip ball to be UAB the week before I would assume that's why Western Kentucky is three and a half point favorites that being said I think UTSA a lot of people will be uh doubting them uh just because they've been unimpressive as of late and I think they are sort of humbled by that and uh I guess I, I think they go out and win this one to complete a 12-1 and season. 
I, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose as both of these teams were seven and one Conference USA teams. But overall, I think UTSA is bound to complete their uh, really historic season, despite the fact that it did not end in an undefeated regular season. It still has been a really, really impressive season from this team. And I mean, a lot of people, well, maybe not a lot, but some people certainly think like, oh, well, if you go undefeated, then you should be in the college football playoff race, no matter what team you are. And this was a team that was sort of uh, with that argument for a lot of the season. So I do think UTSA is able to get this win. As for uh, why I have this game ranked above the ones below it, I, I think the explanation is pretty simple. The score the first time these these two teams played was 52-46. to 46. It's just going to be high-scoring action with not much defense. So I think that makes it more watchable than like Cincinnati blowing out Houston. Now we can move on to the uh, sixth-ranked game on my rankings between Appalachian State and Louisiana Lafayette. Now this is a uh, solid game for the Sun Belt, a Sun Belt conference that has had a decent amount of success lately. Now Appalachian State has sort of been a perennial, quote-unquote, power in this conference ever since joining it, however long ago that was. It, it was somewhat recently in the last decades, certainly. Uh, Louisiana, not as much, but they did have a really strong season last year. That being said, they were sort of overshadowed by the uh, crazy season Coastal Carolina was able to have, where they went undefeated in the regular season. They did end up losing in the bowl game, but that is irrelevant. It was a great season. Coming into the season, Coastal Carolina was ranked, uh, and then Louisiana, I think they were ranked as well. Uh, but they played Texas in the first game, got crushed. Granted, that Texas team ended up being 5-7, and seven, but that's besides the point. Since then, including a dominant win against Appalachian State, they have won 11 straight and are ranked 24th. As for Appalachian State, I mean, they're obviously iconic for the upset road win against Michigan uh, 15 years ago. But, uh, yeah, Appalachian State is three-point favorites in this game. And I definitely understand why this is because Louisiana, I mean, I, I think this is the reason uh, Louisiana's coach, Billy Napier, left for Florida, so he will not be coaching this game. And given that and, and the fact that, I mean, it's sort of like betrayal, and I don't think if this was like a really large talent difference like maybe that wouldn't affect this game but I think Louisiana is able to jump on the opportunity that Louisiana doesn't have their coach and maybe their momentum's low despite the fact that they've had a really great season and I think they are able to pull off the ranking at least upset I mean I know like I just said Appalachian State's three-point favorites but anyway I do think uh, App State is able to pull off this one uh, so, yeah, now we can move on. This brings us to the top five, uh, yeah, the top five Power Five teams. Or no, that, that didn't make any sense. This brings us to the top five teams. They're all the Power Five Conference Championship games. I think that made a bit more sense. We'll start it off with number five between number two ranked Michigan and number 13th ranked Iowa. I mean, I understand why you could look at this game and think uh, it should be higher. 
I think what it could be fun about this game is the fact that Michigan is uh, a really, really fun team to watch. I think the real problem is for Iowa to compete this game and make it close and I guess raising its watchability ranking, it would need to be really low scoring because Iowa can't score, to be quite honest. I mean, they've scored at times this season, especially when they were playing very well at the beginning of the year. But even in uh, a lot of their wins, they've not scored a lot of points. They got absolutely shut down by Wisconsin, which sort of eliminated their hopes at college football playoff. I mean, when they were ranked two, they got absolutely dominated by Purdue on the road, or at home, Purdue was on the road, but uh, I, I just don't really see this game being close. I do think Michigan is able to cover the 11-point spread, and I do think they beat Iowa pretty easily, to be honest, so that is why I have it at five. Sure, playoff implications are somewhat high, I mean, for Michigan, but I, I just don't really think that matters because I don't think it saves this game from being a blowout. Sort of similar uh, situation as Cincinnati versus Houston. Now, at number four, we have a game that lacks playoff implications, but I do think it'll be fun between, uh, this is actually tomorrow, between 10th-ranked Oregon and 17th-ranked Utah. Now, Oregon, as most college football fans know, started this season really strong, including a road win against Ohio State uh, in Week 2. They then lost to Stanford, and everyone sort of thought their playoff hopes were doomed. But uh, they ended up getting themselves up to number 3, and all they would have had to do is win out to make the playoffs, then bring Utah, actually, uh, Utah in a primetime home game absolutely demolished Oregon 38-10. to So, I mean, you look at that and think, maybe Utah will win this uh, game. You look at Utah, they lost to BYU and San Diego State, two ranked teams, and then Oregon State, who battled Oregon uh, quite well uh, last week. I think this will be a good game. Yes, Oregon is ranked higher, but Utah is the uh, betting favorite. I think this game could really go either way. I think there, I know a lot of people are definitely taking Utah this week, and I think I have to agree with that. But Oregon has been elite in Pac 12 championships in recent years, both of the last two years, including two years ago against Utah. They have came in as underdogs and were able to capture both of those Pac 12 championships. So I think they could do it again. But I will go with Utah to stay hot and uh, win the Pac-12 championship. Their first Pac-12 championship, that is. Now, for our next game, we have a matchup at number three between Pitt and Wake Forest. I think in terms of scoring, this might be the best game of the weekend. Um, Maybe only trailing, like, that Western Kentucky game or something. I think... Pitt versus Wake Forest, yes, this has even less implications as uh, as Oregon-Utah. The winner of this will presumably, as we'll get to with me, will probably get a peach or fiesta bowl berth. Uh, aside from that, this game does not really matter at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pitt... Pitt's been good lately, and Wake Forest has not been as great, but they are currently ranked number 15, Pitt, that is, and number 16, Wake Forest. Now, 
The Heisman voting, I'm pretty sure, does not start until after the, these games this weekend. So this could possibly uh, be a final case for Kenny Pickett to cement a possible Heisman victory. I mean, chances are he'll finish top five in the voting as he has had a very, a very good season. That is the pick QB, that is. Uh, if he really lights Wake Forest awful defense up, maybe he is able to capture the Heisman Trophy. You never know. Wouldn't bet on it, but this trophy's really up for grabs. Uh, I, I would like to mention that my pick right now for Heisman is probably Bryce Young. But, I mean, this weekend could possibly change it. Anyway, Pitt versus Wake Forest. Uh, as for the pick for this game, I think I am going to go with Pitt. They're both 10-2, and two, and Pitt's just been playing better football as of late. So I think that is really my reasoning for going with them. So, yeah, I do think Pitt is able to take this one. Now, at number two, we have none other than the Big 12 championship between Baylor and Oklahoma State. And this game, for playoff implications, is big. So there is the obvious Oklahoma State scenario. I think it's likely that if Oklahoma State wins and any of the top four loses, or no, that's not true, any of two to four loses, which is Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, if any of those teams lose and Oklahoma State wins, Oklahoma State probably gets in. Uh, if, uh, if, yeah, I, that's my guess. Maybe, uh, may, just maybe Alabama or Michigan could get an edge just because they've, I don't know, they've been better overall this season. But I, I think that would be pretty dumb. So uh, there's that. Baylor has been great all season. They have good wins against BYU, Oklahoma. I mean, their two losses was a bad loss against TCU. And then to this same Oklahoma State team in week four or five. So it, it was early. As I mean, I, I wouldn't really say Baylor has a legitimate shot at making the playoffs, but you never know. I mean, it like just boiling up a scenario, possibly Georgia wins, Baylor wins, Michigan loses, um, Cincinnati loses. Because I, I would say Baylor probably gets in over a Cincinnati 12-1 and team just because they're the uh, Big 12 champions. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe there is some scenario where a bunch of teams choke and uh, Baylor somehow makes it in, but that, that seems quite unlikely. But you never know. Either way, there are enough implications in this game. Uh, the If Oklahoma State is able to get into the playoffs, Baylor will probably make the Sugar Bowl. Anyway, for my pick for this game... I do think, led by a solid rushing attack and QB Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State is able to take it. But I do think it'll be a really tight game uh, within one possession. But yeah, I do think Oklahoma State is able to take it. Now, for your number one game, we have none other, and you knew this was coming, quite honestly, Georgia versus Alabama. Now, these are the one and third best teams in the nation, but if we're being honest, they're the two best teams in the country, probably. If I could ask for, like, if I had to bet on two teams to, like, the, the two best, in my opinion. I mean, I know 
As of recent, Alabama's had some struggles. It took four overtimes to beat Auburn. Well, I mean, technically four overtimes to beat Auburn last week. They didn't pull away from Arkansas until late. Uh, Same with LSU. But I think just from a talent standpoint and the fact that they are obviously a well-coached team, I would take Alabama over every team in the country right now except Georgia. This Georgia team is so, so, so good. I mean, obviously the defense led by Jordan Davis and others has been, well, just flat-out dominant. I I would say this Georgia team, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen such a dominant team in recent years. Sure, there was that LSU team. But, like, th- there hasn't been any close games this year. Like, not even remotely. Yes, there's been other undefeated champion teams going into the playoffs. There's been a bunch of them, including Alabama. But just from a fact that... And and last year's Alabama team included, and tons of other teams. But I, I would say given the fact that uh, Georgia... Ha- there hasn't been any close games except for that Clemson game, which they... Which ended up being, I think it was ten to three, but it was like, it was, or maybe it was thirteen to three, but it was a one possession game throughout. But but still, I mean, it, I don't know. It was just such a dominant season, and I think that continues here as Georgia is able to take the SEC championship, which now sort of segues us into my next segment, which is I'm just going to say who, given these results, will be in all the New Year Six bowl games. Now, I'll just start with the college football playoffs at the number one spot. Obviously, Georgia secures it with that win against Alabama. Uh, Just a side note, uh, everyone's sort of saying, like, Alabama sort of needs to win and get in. I mean, this is, like, if Oklahoma State wins, uh, I sort of agree but if Alabama is convincing enough and it's a really hard-fought game and it's, like, down to the last few minutes, I, I think there's a possibility, just given the talent and the fact that I think everyone should know that they are better than Oklahoma State and, quite honestly, probably better than Cincinnati and Michigan. Maybe, and this would be, honestly, very contradictory, and the uh, CFP committee would get absolutely toasted, Um uh, but I think there's a possibility that they, the committee could throw Alabama a bone and be like, well, you lost one close game on a game-winning field goal to Texas A&M, who was a ranked team th- for the whole season. And then Georgia, who's obviously the best team in the country, by a close margin, we know you're good and we're going to sort of give you the benefit of the doubt and put you in as like the four spot and, and still make you beat Georgia finally this time. But I would say that's a possibility, but I would not bank on it necessarily. Uh, anyway, Georgia versus... And anyway, this is my final prediction. I think Georgia gets the one seed. Michigan gets the two seed. And I think, in all honesty, Cincinnati, as long as they uh, win this game convincingly enough, uh, should be a three seed given the result that Alabama loses. And for the final team, Oklahoma State at the four seed. I know I just gave that whole speech about how Alabama might still deserve a playoff spot if they were to lose close to Georgia. But at the end of the day, I don't really think the committee is bold enough 
to do something like that. So I do think Oklahoma State does grab the four seed. Now for the other games, or the other New Year's Six games, we'll start with the Rose Bowl, where I have Ohio State versus my Pac-12 champion, Utah. I don't think there's unless Michigan loses, I no, I think it'll be, if Michigan wins, it's Ohio State versus Pac-12 champion. If Michigan loses, then it's Michigan versus Pac-12 championship, Pac-12 champion. Either way, I think uh, it ends up being the Pac-12 champion. So in this case, it's Utah. So Ohio State and Utah. Now for the Sugar Bowl, uh, I think this one's pretty simple. If Alabama and Georgia both make the playoffs, then it's probably Ole Miss. And if Alabama doesn't make the playoffs, then it's Alabama versus the best pack, the best Big 12 team that does not make the uh, playoffs. And in this case, I do have Oklahoma State making the playoffs. So I think it'll be Alabama versus Baylor, uh, the Pac-12 championship loser. Now for the Peach Bowl, I'll get this team out of the way, a team that is definitely worthy of this, despite the fact that they are not playing next weekend, and that is because they're an independent team. Uh, Notre Dame against a team who was really good all season and is certainly deserving of a Peach Bowl spot, Ole Miss. And then finally for the Fiesta Bowl, I have the ACC champion, Pittsburgh Panthers. I, I think in the I said this already, but the Peach Fiesta Bowl, I don't think they'll have Notre Dame play a I don't think they'll have Notre Dame play in SEC t- or an ACC team because they play a lot of ACC. I just don't see it. They're practically an ACC team because they play so many of them. I mean, they literally played in the ACC last year. But anyway, uh, I have Pitt versus uh, ten and two with two not terrible losses. Michigan State. So that concludes the whole college football segment. Now we can move on to the NFL. So now we are here to move on to the NFL. As I said early, but I'm not sure if you guys caught it, I will be doing awards, but before that, I will be picking all the games uh, for this coming weekend. And tonight, I ha- I'm going to be picking them in order, sort of like I did for the last one, ranking them, but not in terms of watchability, but in ter- instead in terms of my confidence in my picks, like, uh, hypothetically, the Chargers are playing the Texans, and Chargers, I think they're going to win. Like, I'm the most confident of all the other games that they're going to win. They're number one. So then I'll be going down from one to 14, because there's 14 games this week, in terms of my confidence that the teams I have winning are going to win. I, I mean, maybe you guys understood that, and I did not have to spell it out. But, yeah, now we can move on, or, or not, we can get started. And uh, with my number one game, I don't really think this should come as a doubt to anyone. I mean, maybe not the pick, the pick definitely not. Maybe the fact that like, you have a different game at one in terms of confidence. But uh, at number one, I am going to go with the Colts defeating the Houston Texans. I don't think there's really any doubt that the Texans are atrocious. I mean, they they were coming off a 
like an unimpressive but a still good team win against the Titans in the pouring rain. Great, granted, the Titans are pretty depleted, but the Titans two weeks ago they come back. They have the momentum, and guess what? They're playing the Jets, who are playing miserable football as of lately. I mean, they have all the momentum. Tyra Taylor had a good game last week. How could they possibly mess this up? It's the Jets. Well, they found a way, and they lost. And they were basically losing the whole Or I mean, the Jets were basically in control the whole game. So I don't have any faith in this Texans team. As for the Colts, at this point, they are 6-6, six and six, and they are really good for a 6-6 six and six team. They are not really good for a playoff team, but a team that for a team that's probably not going to make the playoffs or be a lower-tier playoff team, this team is playing very well. I mean, they have the dominant win against the Bills, where Jonathan Taylor scored five points last, or no, five touchdowns two weeks ago. And then last week, they had control against the Bucs, for most of the game, but then Tom Brady did Tom Brady-like things, and uh, they sort of choked it away, or I guess the Bucs just came back. But, I mean, it was still a solid performance from Carson Wentz and that whole Colts team. Granted, Carson Wentz had some turnovers that if you subtract, maybe they win. But overall, it was still a solid performance by the Colts. And I think that continues into this week also, given they're playing the Texans. So I do think the Colts are able to win this one quite easily and move to a winning record for the first time this season. Now for our next game, we have a another quite obvious one between the Rams and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags, another team... Despite the fact that they were 2-8 and eight headed into last week, they're playing probably their best football as of recently. Trevor Lawrence has looked solid, and they're playing a really, really bad Falcons team who have looked poor as of lately. How can you mess it up? I mean, granted, granted, they're, they had two less wins than the Falcons going into the game, but it just felt like a game the Jaguars should have competed in more, and despite the fact that the final score ended up being pretty close, The Falcons completely controlled the game. So, overall, just a bad performance from... Just a bad performance from the Jags. And I think that carries into next week. Last week for the Rams, I mean, the Rams' defense looked flawed last week against a great Packers offense. But it's a good Packers offense. And the offense looked back from... I mean, they were on bye week two weeks ago. But the two weeks before that, just two abysmal performances... Uh, offensively against the Titans and the Niners. So on a positive note, new free agent signing Odell Beckham looks good, and and the Rams' offense looked back to normal, and I think that uh, translates well into this game as well. The Jags are terrible, as I have seemed to go over before, I mean, for the last two minutes. But yeah, I do think the Rams are able to win this one quite easily, and I mean, I guess that's why I'd put it at number two. Now, at number three, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Atlanta Falcons. This game arguably could have been higher because the Falcons are playing terrible and the Bucs have seemed to sort of hit their stride since a weird loss to Washington two, uh, three weeks ago. They uh, had a obviously dominant performance against a terrible Giants team. 
uh, two weeks ago, and then last week they, uh, I mean, it took a, a minute, but they were able to hit their stride offensively and defensively at the end of last game and ended up, like I said, coming back to defeat the Colts. So I'd say overall, I, I don't really have much doubt. Uh, I'm sort of bringing this into tiers. Like, this is this is still part of Tier 1, obviously the first two games, and then I have one more game in Tier 1s. Like, the team, the ones I would be, like, I, I would almost classify as locks to win. But, yeah, I mean, the Bucks. I really can't see them losing. But that being said, in the last two times the Bucks have faced the Falcons, uh, in Week 2, I think the Bucks ended up winning by, like, 23. But it was, it was close for a while. And then last year, the Bucks had to, I mean, I know it's a different Bucks team, but the Bucks were pretty good at the end of last season. But yeah, the Bucks, it took a little bit for them to beat the Falcons the last two times they've played. So I would say they just struggle a little bit, and that's sort of why I have it as three as opposed to maybe the one or two spot. Now, granted, it's the Texans and the Jags in the number one and two spot, so I guess it's self-explanatory. Now, at number four, we have the Vikings versus the Lions, and this is a one that I'm pretty confident about. The only thing that's holding it back a little bit is that the Vikings are definitely the worst team of the four teams I've named that are going to win. And two, it took a late-game rally by the Lions, but then a late-game rally by the Vikings that included a 50-something yard field goal by Greg Joseph to walk off against Detroit in Week 5. So there's been its struggles, uh, or they've had struggles so far this season, so that's just why I lack a little confidence despite the fact that they are 10.5-point favorites. So, yeah, I, I would say overall I can't really see any of those four teams that I've named losing, but I guess the Vikings are probably the least likely of the two. The Vikings are whopping 10, I think 10.5-point favorites. Let me just double-check that. I was completely false. They're seven-point favorites. I was confusing it with the Colts-Texans game, which I was looking at earlier. But anyway, this Vikings-Lions game, I would say the Lions are going to cover because the Lions are starting to play some really tough football. It took a last-second game-winning field goal uh, for them to lose to the Bears. They tied with the Steelers. They played that tough game against the Rams in Week 7 or something. The Lions, I'm not guaranteeing you that they're going to win because then they'd probably go ahead and not win. But they're definitely getting closer, so I think this game will be close. But I can't really see the Lions being able to squeak out the win at the end of the day. Now, at number five, we have a matchup between the two teams facing off tonight, and that is none other than the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. The only reason I'm not so sure about this one is, one, it's a road game in the Superdome, so it's going to be tough uh, for the Cowboys, at least from a noise standpoint. Uh, Two, I guess, I mean, I guess this is debatable, but teams... I forgot to point this out. Taysom Hill, for the first time this season, he started like five games last year for the Saints, and I think they went like 4-1 and one in those games. Uh, Taysom Hill 
Despite the fact that he doesn't necessarily have the passing ability as other quarterbacks, his versatility in the run game, and then the ability that he is still able to air it out a bit, does bring trouble for some teams. So I do think this game is still probably the top game of the next tier under like the virtual lock. But I don't I, I don't really see the Cowboys losing. But given that I guess maybe Taysom Hill could bring some problems for the Cowboys, added on to the fact that the Cowboys have been unimpressive as of lately as they have lost three of the last four, including weird losses to the Broncos and the Raiders, two teams that, yes, have winning records, the two teams that are probably worse than winning record teams, and then the Chiefs' loss was, I guess, able to be explained. But anyway, I, I do think the Cowboys are able to take this one tonight, but I think it'll be close. The Cowboys are only six points favorites, so I guess the uh, I guess Vegas doesn't have that much trust in them either. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Mark Cooper is starting tonight, and, and that'll be good. I do expect CeeDee Lamb and Dak to have a good game. So I think overall the Cowboys are able to get it done, but it'll be pretty tight. But yeah, that is my number five game. Now, at number six, we have a game that I, I think Vegas is being a little aggressive about, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Now, we saw these two teams face off on Sunday Night Football last year, and granted, this is a different year. The Chiefs were far better last year, and the Broncos were far worse, which sort of just emphasizes the fact that the Chiefs should not be nine-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Yes. The Broncos, I, I think the Broncos took them to overtime or was really close till the end. Maybe it was that. But uh, my point is, I, I think especially given the fact that the Broncos just had a dominate, dominant performance defensively against the Chargers, a team that were able to beat the Chiefs early in the season, I just don't think uh, this should be nine and a, half point, uh, a nine and a half point spread. So yes, I do think the Broncos will cover, but I think it'll be closer than the experts think. Uh, or no, I do think the Bronco, I do think the Chiefs will be able to win, but I think it'll be closer than the experts think. But yeah, I can't really see the Chiefs losing still, but I just think it'll be close. Now, at number seven, we have a game that maybe should be higher, but given the performance we saw from the Philadelphia Eagles last week, I'm just holding back a little bit. Um, Yes, I do think the Eagles will beat the Jets because, well, they're the Jets, but the Jets did have a good performance against the Texans, and the Eagles against my Giants played absolutely abysmal. I do think Jalen Hurts sucks, but that was by far the worst performance. And I thought Jalen Hurts sucked uh, before last week. Ask literally anyone uh, that I know. I I think Jalen Hurts is bad, but uh, that was still by far the worst performance I've ever seen from him. That being said, I do think the Eagles are able to rebound this week and get the Jets, but it could be a tight game, and I wouldn't honestly be that shocked if the Jets are able to pull off the victory. Now, we are going to take a quick break as we are halfway uh, through the NFL games, and we'll be back in a minute. I'm back, and at this point, I have been recording for a while. My file got corrupted. My microphone isn't working. I am just going to finish out the games and just sort of list them off. Go slow enough so that you can follow them. So for Cardinals-Bears, that's number eight. I think the Cardinals will win. Number nine, Dolphins-Giants. Dolphins will win. 
Niners versus Seahawks, Niners win. Raiders versus Washington football team, Raiders win. Bengals Chargers, Bengals win. Bills Patriots, Bills win. Steelers Ravens, my biggest upset, Steelers beat the Ravens. Now for the awards, MVP Josh Allen, Offensive Player of the Year Jonathan Taylor, Defensive Player of the Year Miles Garrett, Offensive Rookie of the Year Mac D-Roy, Micah Parsons, Coach of the Year Bill Belichick, and Comeback Player of the Year Dak Prescott. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know there were some problems with it, but uh, it'll be better next time. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will talk to you guys next time.